Let's go, Austin. How many people from Austin do we have in the house? Nice. Nice. And from out of town. Well, thanks for coming, guys. Means a lot. Welcome to PlevLab and welcome to our presentation. As Teresa mentioned, I'm Francisco Chavarria. I'm the CEO of Yopaki and Carlos Chita, CTO of Yopaki. Now, one of the things we've noticed throughout this whole process is uh, that the jurisdiction really is no joke when it comes to dealing with Mexico. As of right now, we are the only company focused on building a Bitcoin-only platform. One of the things that is important to advance and to get into the country is to understand the history. And I'm not just talking about financial history, but the cultural history of a country. We'll be covering a quick history lesson. We'll go over a few numbers. Our Yopakithology, which would be the equivalent of methodology. The path we see forward into our projection. Education partners, which is one of the announcements we'll, we're making today. And, uh, and as Steve Jobs like to put it always, there's going to be one more thing at the end. If any of you are familiar with the territory, Mexico has an array of different civilizations, ancient civilizations. There were primarily seven, but the ones that you have probably heard of are the Olmecs, which is the oldest civilization, the Mayans, and of course the Aztecs being the most recent to be conquered. Now, this happened in 1521. So if you like numerology, there's a 21 in there. But when Hernán Cortés came over with the conquistadors into the territory at the time, which was... Uh, it wasn't called really Mexico, it was Mexico. Um, they annihilated pretty much all of these civilizations. Now fast forward, 300 years later, still sticking with the numerology, in 1821, Mexico declared its official independence. Now, what we see here on screen is that, that declaration of independence, and I'm gonna go back to that at the end of the presentation. There's a little exercise I like to do during my, uh, my exposure to the public that sometimes I get compliments for and sometimes I get laughed at, so we'll, we'll see. And so, from 1821, jump back to these days, 200 years later, and now we have a population of 133 million Mexicans living in Mexico, which may sound a bit redundant, but we also have 30 million Mexicans living outside Mexico. I think that it was in 2018 that India finally surpassed Mexico in the amount of people that had nationality outside its borders. And I'm not talking per capita, I'm talking in general. Mexico has the largest amount of nationals outside its borders. And out of those 30 million, I think that it's a good estimate that 25 or 28 are here in the States, mostly here in the, in the southern area. Uh, only with the internal population, Mexico is the 15th economy in terms of GDP. So we do make it into G20. I don't know what they do there. I, I couldn't care less, but we are there somehow. And now, what's the situation, the financial situation nowadays in Mexico? When you think of Mexico, what do you think that the revenues are? So you've heard that we have oil, 
So that's a big one. Tourism is huge in Mexico. But the number one or number two, depending on the year, entry of Mexico income into Mexico is remittances. That means the money that these 20, 30 million people abroad, Mexicans, send back to their families in Mexico. And as you can see over there, we have that in the south, which is where the population uh, center is actually located, we have the most remittances. It's quite far geographically. In the north of Mexico, most people have access somehow to just crossing the border, getting money from, the, from their relatives here or the other way around. It's not the case for the south. Mexico, it's also a big country. It's, a, it's quite a long distance, especially by land. And who are these 30 million people that work mo mostly in the States and send money to their relatives? Well, they work in construction, some in uh, manufacturing, only a tiny percentage in some industries where they could become familiar with the modern financial instruments, be it the fiat financial instruments. So these people, what do they actually do? They end up going to MoneyGram or whatever other services they are, I don't want to say names, and they get ripped 12 to 15% for sending the little money that they can accumulate here back to their families in Mexico. Really sad, but it's the reality. And is that problem going away? Well, Mexico is not getting richer anytime soon, at least not at the pace that we would want it. And you can see here that the remittances are being used to buy food and dress, health, and other basic services. That amounts to 4% of the GDP once again, the money that gets sent from the States into Mexico by Mexicans living here, living and working here. What does that amount to? 65 billion US dollars per year, which in my terms, it's a mad amount of money. Or if you are the Swiss central bank, that's just an everyday loan to Credit Suisse. So why is it so difficult? regulations, fintech law, for many several reasons that I, I just wouldn't have the time here to share it with you. But Mexico, it's a, it's a really complicated place and lots of the value propositions of Bitcoin that are true are just not as valid in Mexico. They're just not as valid. Hedge inflation, no one cares about that in Mexico. Banking the unbanked, no one cares about that in Mexico. Most people are already banked. And regulations and fintech. There is a fintech law, yeah. You can see that on the headlines, but I've actually read the law. It's about 200 pages, pros in, plus internal ruling, plus internal decisions. It's just, you need foot soldiers to actually battle bureaucracy over there. Let us not remember that Mexico still, till the early 1990s was still a dictatorship. And the people that were the dictators at that time, they still keep the power. So you want a fintech company? Yes, of course, you have to be friends with those dictators. Who can be friends with those? Those that have a lot of money or a gigantic legal team. All those exchanges that have 40 lawyers working day and night to make it happen and to make it easy, profitable. They also add shit coins, as we all know. And whom do they attract? They degenerate gamblers or stock traders or however you call them. It's all the same. That's something that we want to change. Please enter your packy. As Francisco said, my name is Carlos Chida. Uh, I studied actuarial science. Never practiced one day of my life into that because I switched to being a, 
a web developer. Nowadays, I'm a quant full stack developer. Whatever that means, it does sound really cool on LinkedIn, though. And my party trick is that I speak seven languages. And now we have Francisco that is going to continue this presentation. Just as a side note, I felt the need to put two and a half languages, so it's not <laughs> as apparent. Read in Mexico, you see? Yes. <laughs> so two and a half. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll catch up. The half, it's Portuguese. Yeah. So a quick rundown of what we're building, really. This year was when we came out as a company that has gathered us two. And since then, the reception that we've received, not just in the States, but also in Mexico, has been pretty humbling. As of right now, we're operating from Austin with me here and from Mexico with Carlos. Um, the other thing that's really important to highlight and we'll continue to drill it is that it's a Bitcoin only exchange. Now, Mexicans up to today haven't really had that opportunity to know what it's like to have your money safe where you can just buy it and take it into cold storage because of that gambling aspect of, you know, get rich quick. We're trying to change that. Now, we also aim to be a remittance provider for the communities in Mexico and their families in the U.S. So let's not forget that 30 million people that we talked about that are sending money. They're here in the U.S. That means our presence, Yopaki's presence, is not just in Mexico. It's in the U.S. as well. And the other thing that as Bitcoiners we learn and we see is there's different stages of understanding Bitcoin and the sovereignty of it. However, the one that will always stand true is education. So for that, there's going to be a number of partners within the country that will be helping us for that education aspect of what we're trying to build. If you're curious about the name, because we have received a few direct messages or comments on, oh, I love the name, it's really cool, but what does it really mean? So for this, we're taking inspiration from the Aztec language, which is an, it's an ancient language. There's still a few thousand people that speak it, but uh, in essence, it really means Yol, Paki, finding life's or one's essence into becoming happy. This just fits perfect with what we're trying to achieve in terms of Bitcoin and finding that happiness. And uh, if you ever wonder, that's, that's the, the meaning of, of the name. Did I skip on that? Now, in terms of our mission statement, there's, there's a lot that we need to be careful because of regulations that exist in the country, especially south of the border. But as it stands, our mission really is true to understanding the power of financial sovereignty. We're driven to make it a reality to families in Mexico and the US. Our goal is to build bridges between Bitcoin and these communities. And this is more than just a project to us. It's our purpose. And why now? So I know a, a, a good number of you here in this room, and we've been talking about the opportunities that come up within Bitcoin and the opportunities we left behind in the fiat world. After helping multiple companies, both in my respective field and Carlos' respective fields, whether it was in Europe or in the US, we helped companies develop their go-to-market strategies and achieve international markets in their own respective fields. But it got to the point that we both had the same idea while not knowing each other. So 
when we started talking and I, I heard about there's a developer that's hanging out in Acapulco who loves to, to be building and who's a Bitcoiner. And we started talking about, hey, I have this vision and I think I have the right path to get us there. He said, hmm, funny, you're not the only person that has that vision. So let's, let's get together and let's, let's make this work. So when I say why now is really because the, the reason why I say now is it's being built by two Bitcoiners that have international experience as true Bitcoiners, we are the right people to take this crazy journey and dealing with all the jurisdiction and all the nightmares that other companies in the space don't really want to deal with, including the cultural differences that we see. In Bitcoin, we all have a role to play. Ours is to build and strengthen the bridge between Mexico and US for Bitcoiners. Now, to try and make it as simple as possible for people that are entering the space or even for you guys in this room, our methodology is pretty simple. We're Bitcoin only. We're gonna start a phase with a dollar cost average first and remittance second. Our primary market is still gonna be US because of jurisdiction and legislations that we have to deal with branching into Mexico, which is our target market. And we'll be doing this through a web app and mobile application in different stages. So stay, stay tuned for that. If you're curious as to the current state of Bitcoin in Mexico, it's not like people don't have access to it. People can purchase Bitcoin. There are a number of exchanges and the opportunities that come up as a Bitcoin only exchange are pretty unique. Now, on the left side, you will notice there's a commitment to remittance payments and you'll recognize some names, Western Union, MoneyGram, Remitly and RIA. These companies focus 100% on remittance. That's what they do and they, they do it well for 10, 15%, they love it. They don't have a focus on Bitcoin. Now, there are other companies that have tried to get into the remittance payments, but they don't have a focus on Bitcoin only. They sell you scams like XRP and some of the other shitcoins that we see. Now, Taros is uh, more of an honorable mention because as of three, four days ago, they just announced they're done. They're exiting the market. They were exposed to USDC, everything they were offering to their customers in terms of Bitcoin was also backed up by USDC. And we know what happened recently with Circle and Silicon Valley Bank, and it's just a mess. And not getting the license. And not getting the license. So this, this clears the path for us to be that solution that people are waking up and they're seeing that everything else except Bitcoin is a scam. In terms of our projected launch, currently we're, we're still doing announcements. We're dealing with jurisdictions, checklists, which they're pretty long. We're solidifying partnerships with our go-to-market strategy and of course the development of our web application. Now, if, and it's if, because of, again, we're dealing with governments, but uh, if we continue this path that, we're, that we've started, we expect to have a closed beta by Q3. Again, this is 
with everything going according to our path that we've been following and having a public launch on Q4 of this year. I'm gonna check after my presentation and make sure that all of you guys are signed up on the list. And I know a lot of your names, so if I don't see it on there, well, we'll have a, a quick chat. <laughs> but yeah, you can sign up on the wait list, yopaki.com. Make sure you, you show some support. You can follow our journey. We, have, we started accelerating our social media presence as well, so you can see the status of what we're doing, how much time we're spending in the country, and, and basically any update that is relevant, we'll keep you posted. Everything is in English and Spanish, not the other seven languages that Carlos speaks of. Okay, so in terms of announcements, there's things that we can control and there's things that we can't. Now, the things that we can are the education aspect of trying to teach people what Bitcoin is. I'm going to run through a quick video of some of these partners that have accepted and will be encouraging students in Mexico to have sponsored content by Yopaki to be learning about what Bitcoin is. If it lets me. It does, yeah. Oh, no sound, huh? Okay. It's okay. Just imagine some really cool, hip music that makes you want to go buy, download the app, and wait for us. Mexico's Bitcoin-only platform. <laughs> it's okay. Just keep, keep bringing that in your head. The most hip song you can imagine. Beatbox, that's, yeah. Oh, you want me to beatbox? Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. That's pretty close. No. <laughs> We're good. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we'll. Yeah, let's go. Now. Back on track. Yeah, we can we can miss the best part of this, which is come on, here we go. Okay, here we go. The education part. So <laughs> the last three weeks I've spent hours and hours trying to get institutions to, to give us a go ahead and allow us to promote this type of content. I think uh, my wife is witness, Carlos, sometimes we're texting super late at night and hey, what's the update, what's going on? And uh, yeah, those that know, know, but these are some of the most prestigious institutions in, in the country and they will allow us to do workshops focused on Bitcoin. Thank you. <laughs> we have on the left, uh, it's called UNAM. On the right, we have uh, Politecnico. We have Tecnologico de Monterrey and we have ITAM. Now, to be able to share this type of content, 
we also need partners that can let us use their open source education that is available to the world. So one of those things we'll be using, a lot of you are probably familiar with, is uh, the team over at the Premier Bitcoin who just translated their book into English. Um, we'll be promoting their their content. And that's a great question. So on the on the right side is the, the Shamri team. They focus really on kindergarten. They're they're for kids. The Premier Bitcoin. It's a program that was launched in El Salvador focused on high schools, but the content really is for all ages. So what we're going to be doing is going to be high schools and university level in, in Mexico. And I, as I promised, there's one more thing. Uh, this also through multiple conversations and a lot of what do you want from us? What is it that you're trying to build? What type of event? is it that you're trying to, to promote? Um, once we made the announcement a couple of weeks ago of incorporating here in Austin, there were a group of people in Mexico that reached out and said, hey, I want to be a part of what you're building. How can I contribute? And when you mentioned boots on the ground or foot soldiers, it's so true because Bitcoiners are here to make this work. Luckily for us, the Bitcoiners in Mexico that reached out said, put me to work. If I need to go talk to anybody, whether it's in government offices or if I need to pretty much get a whole block closed for you, let me know. So, of course, that got us thinking, calling back and I said, hey, how about we get together in Mexico City and uh, we expand on that idea you had? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So fast forward up to, or I guess two days ago, we had the confirmation of, of uh, we, we need to finalize venue, but we're announcing Mexico's first Bitcoin block party inspired by Oscar Bitcoin Club. Yeah, and credit where credit's due. This is inspired by what happened here in Austin. That was, that, that was something that changed a lot of our lives because before that, Bitcoin was just, you know, something cool to talk about in Austin. But after that party, I, I truly believe that a lot of people started thinking, hey, I can start a company. Hey, I can make an impact. Hey, I can change the world. Hey, I can find a co-founder that can help me do the things that I can't and vice versa. So we believe that doing that type of work in other places, starting for us in Mexico City, will be something that we can replicate and help us in that journey. So we'll keep you up to date, make, make sure you follow us on Twitter for updates. The one last thing I wanted to say here, you're already laughing. So I, I've done this in the past because I kind of like to get audience you know, energy up. And I think Michael was a witness of that uh, presentation I gave in El Salvador. But um, remember that independence paper that was held in a couple of slides ago? So there's a tradition that for every Independence Day, someone at a party screams the, the, the word Viva Mexico. And you might have seen it and you don't know what it is, but it has a lot of meaning, right? You read the, basically the whole independence and then at the end, you, everyone yells, Viva Mexico, right? So when I read this, I say, oh man, I'm pretty sure we can use this and we can say Viva Mexico, Viva USA, and of course, Viva Bitcoin. So I'm gonna count to three. And then at the end of that, we're all gonna say Viva Mexico, Viva USA, 
Viva Bitcoin. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three. Viva Mexico. Viva USA. Viva Bitcoin. <laughs> Thanks for humoring me. Uh, that means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. I don't know if you have any questions. Yeah. That's an excellent question. It's it's May. I don't have the exact date. We just have to confirm a couple of venues because it's going to be quite a bit of a block. If you know Mexico City, there's a lot of restaurants and bars that we need to finalize, but it's in May. It's not during Miami, May. It would be more early May. I think the Miami conference is May 18th. It would be before that. Oh, that's a good question. So during the, you mean during the, or, or the, the app? Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, and it will be using very traditional methods that you're used to right now. Just, you know, buy, send it to cold storage, yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Some of this, not, not, not the lightning part. But. Oh. Yeah. Well, so how, t how technical would you want me to go? Very. Oh, man. We'll need some beers. <laughs> well, then, for, for, the, um, for the web application, it's, uh, well, if you want the tech stack, we're going to use the uh, Next.js, TRPC, uh, relational database. I like Postgres, but there are some nice uh, planet scale features that I would like to try out that forces me to use uh, MySQL, which is not my database of choice, but it would, it would be interesting. Um, for the web app, the web app is just something complicated. Uh, it's going to be a React Native app. I am completely inspired, and by inspired I mean like probably fork off a bit of, um, a bit of uh, um, Blue Wallet to eventually have a custodial model. Uh, I ha there is a company, I could, I could I could show the, the app later from a, from a Swiss company that has something that we would like to aim for. It's really difficult. There are lots of complications when it comes to security, like just sticking to, to the minor versions of some uh, packages and uh, not doing any package upgrade automatically, checking really closely whether there are uh, these um, disclosures uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, potential critical security of, uh, of packages. Um, I don't know, what, do you guys want to know something specific? Okay, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yes, I can, I can tell you why it is so difficult. Because right now in Mexico, when I open the app of my bank account, one of the two banks that I use in Mexico, Fiat banks, when I open the, bank, the, the app, it requires the operating system to ask for my GPS location. And that we also need to comply with. Every time that I send a transaction, luckily at least they are a bit faster, well, much faster than in the States. They are almost at the level of, uh, of Europe. If I send a, a, a payment from my, my account to my brother's account, it's almost immediate, but it goes through the central bank. And guess who has access to the API of the central bank? Only a couple of people. A, when you make a legal invoice in Mexico, for instance, I own a paint shop. We literally sell house paint. It's my non-tech business. 
Every time that I make a legal invoice, if you want to deduce it from your taxes as a buyer, I need to issue this invoice that needs to be signed by the private key of the tax authority, the Mexican tax authority. That means that you need to go through an API to get that invoice signed. And guess who has access to that API? Only a couple of people. So you need to find all these connections, put them in place, and on top of that, report absolutely every single level of, uh, um, of transaction. We have to do KYC, and luckily there is no way around it in Mexico. Um, and this KYC has a plethora of levels. It's this long the list for people, and this long for companies, on which I need to report directly either to the, to the banking commission or directly to the central bank how much you've traded. I need to assess it, whether it is an unusual trade, um, I need to assess also if one day you buy 1 million pesos of Bitcoin, but you declare that your income is somewhere like 20,000 pesos, it's like I need to flag it and I need to report it and I need to do that programmatically and I need to do it daily. And we also need to pay someone external to us, but hired by us to sign off on that document. It's complicated. When I say it's complicated, it's not like relationship complicated. I've had those. No, this is another level. Yeah. This is really, really tough. Good question as well. Thank you. Yeah. So once you get that all figured out, what, where does the next big barrier It's figured out. It, it's already figured out. The issue now, when, when Francisco was speaking about the timeline, it's not exactly the time that I would need to develop it. I mean, my, my IBEX will just get bigger, but that's not a problem. <laughs> the problem is that the government sticks to the promise of the times of saying, yes, we are reviewing your application and you'll have an answer by this day. And if they actually say that we'll have an answer, whether that answer is positive or not, despite having lots of legal advice that it's, that it's telling us 90% chance it's going through. It's going to happen at the end. It's just a matter of them sticking to the promises of when they are delivering the yes on a document. Mm -hmm. After that, it's just growth and it's education and marketing and boots on the ground and promotion and you know the rest of the stuff that we know how to do. That doesn't have to deal with legal stuff. Oh, mate. For that, we do need beer. <laughs> let, let me tell you just a short experience. It's like with my parents. When I just came back from Europe to Mexico, I asked my father, well, I need some pesos because I, my euro transfer got stuck. And he lent me some money. And two weeks later, I said, okay, the transfer went through, but you know, uh, I already need money again, so I'm going to use those euros. I can pay you in Bitcoin. And he said, yeah, as if I knew what that is. Like, no, 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 no. Look, here are these 12 words. Get them in the safe. By the time I have kids, I'll teach you how to use them and you can inherit them. <laughs> you can pass them on. But that's as much as it. It's really complicated because as I said, the value propositions of Bitcoin, as true as they are, they are not very worthful in Mexico. Hedge inflation means nothing to Mexicans, not rich, not poor. Um, sovereignty of money, which money made? If I'm rich, my money is not in my name. If I'm poor, which money do I have? There is something else that it's it's 
I'm not saying that it's wrong what we are what we discuss about Bitcoin. I'm saying that it, for the Mexican reality, it just does not apply. And that ties up to what you asked about why others have it. It's, it, it takes mm -hmm. pretty much living in, in the country yeah. and dealing with it day to day. So, good question. That's in person, yes. As of right now, we don't have a system to offer the certificates that, for example, Mi Primer Bitcoin does. Um, obviously, we are under a pilot, so we're going to be doing that with all these schools. And, you know, obviously the idea is not just to have them get a certificate, it's to really understand it. Now, if they want to buy Bitcoin through Yopaki later on, guess what? They can, and they can purchase and send it to cold storage right away because now they have the, the knowledge to do that instead of just, oh, buy this because you can get rich quick. That kind of stuff doesn't really... Yeah, sorry, there's something that we, that we never discussed about the technical side. Yeah. So the user experience, I mean, we, we are never custodial of your funds. I think that we will give that for granted, but that's mm -hmm. something that we should add for other people. Yeah. So at, at no point we're going to hold your your, uh, your Bitcoin. You give us an address, a lightning, uh, a lightning invoice, and at the moment that we get the pesos, we execute and that's it. We, never, we, we don't want to call you Bitcoin. It's you. And we will teach yep. you, of course, how, well, we will teach Just the people yep. in Mexico how to do it properly. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good question. Thanks for your questions. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.